Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the 318th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy, sexy audio-based legends over at Audio-Technica. Go upgrade your audio game today at audiotechnica.com. And I am your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bits. And joining me today, the Nurofen to my codral cold and flu. You can find <laughs> her on them socials, at Miss Ally Hart. Miss Ally Hart, how the bloody hell are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be back. But I guess more importantly, how are you? I have been better. Uh, very truthfully, I've been better. I'm feeling a lot better than I was this time last week because, uh, yeah, I was uh, jet-setting around Europe, which I was very excited and thankful to do. But on the way back, on my uh, connecting flight from Dubai to Melbourne, uh, some nasty old bitch gave me COVID and uh, it's been whooping my tuchus all week. So uh, first time experiencing COVID or mm-hmm. the coronavirus or whatever you want to call it. And... Um, I, I get the hype. It's uh, it's justified. It's not a good time. Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. And once you experience it, then you kind of get it. And then you kind of worry, like, what happens if, like, I didn't put, like, all those precautions in on, like, you know, having, like, vaccines or stuff like that to, you know, kind of cover it. But, you know, you're at the end of it now, so you should be slowly, slowly getting better, hopefully. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot more alive than, than this time last week, like, Got home and was feeling pretty cruddy, but just naturally assumed 25 hours worth of travel time, cabin pressure, crappy air on the plane, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Bad sleeping on the second leg. Luckily, like, shout out to Emirates. They bumped me to business on my first connecting flight. Annoyingly, that was like the seven hour leg, not the 14 and a half hour leg. But uh, it was really nice to have my own little pod and have like three course meals and cocktails on demand. Like I felt very fancy. I got so fucking drunk on that first leg. (laughs) But then I realized afterwards, I'm like, I have to drive home whenever it is I get home. So I probably need to sort of ease off the gas here. But I was drinking so many cocktails as I ate my like medium rare steak that was cooked to perfection with my potatoes au gratin and my uh, creamy spinach and like... Yeah, I, I tasted this life and never wanted to go back, but then straight away I was back in cattle class on the long leg. Felt very bad and very sad for myself, and then, yeah, then COVID got me. That's the problem, right, is that, like, everyone wants to experience business class, but then once you once you experience this, like, first-class experience, it's you don't want to not experience it ever again. Like Yeah, I got the taste, and I'm like, all right, this is the only way I travel now, I and then I was travel, pulled yeah. right back into reality. But it's always fearful. Like when they announce your name over the over the PA at an airport, you go, oh no, what have I done? Or what's in my bag that I forgot was in there or never even knew was in there? Mm-hmm. So I you know, gingerly moseyed on up to the desk and they're like, oh, you've been bumped to business class. I'm like, oh, thank you, Marianne. Oh, wow. That's very sweet of you. And sort of you know, peacocked my way back to my chair after that. But yeah, then straight back to cattle class on the, the long leg. And this, yeah, this old lady that was two seats across from me she was not in a good way and the like the the airplane staff were constantly going up to her asking her, do we need to you know, 
get get a doctor on board to see what's wrong and, and she was like no 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 and, and i knew after about the third time of them asking I'm like yeah this is not going to end well for a lot of us on this plane um and yeah lo and behold COVID. so thanks old lady you could have missed your flight and stayed there and got yourself sorted but instead you ruined the week for everyone else what a bitch what a bitch what a bitch but uh she was in a lot of pain like genuinely there was a few times I'm like is she gonna die because she was like keeled over and like you know holding a chest and she was in a lot of discomfort so i'm like is she gonna die on this plane are we gonna have the first death i'm ever gonna see on a plane like what happens then and i found out that they like they fly you like yeah you either fly back or you can get like a police escort to to your destination like at a at a fast speed not a police i don't think they have police in the sky what whatever type of escort to fly you into your destination quicker. So I thought maybe I can get home fast here if she, if she keels over, but no, it didn't happen. Oh, I thought they had like a, like a fridge or something like that, that if someone died on board, <sighs> that they kind of like store bodies. Maybe that's some weird myth that I read. Push her in there beside the, the cakes and the cans yeah. of soft drink. Yeah, the, the mini cans of Coca-Cola. Yeah, which, which I'm thankful for because they do give you the whole can, which I appreciate instead of just getting the cup sometimes because, you know, I like my soda. But uh, yeah, had a, had a lot of lot of gin-based cocktails on the first leg. And the crazy thing is, uh, for anyone that's been listening to us for an extended period of time, would remember one of our uh, dear friends back that started back when we did called OK Games way back in the day. Josh Enor, who headed that, that little outfit up, who's now doing uh, speed running um, in, right, in various yeah. game jams around the world. He randomly ended up on my flight home from Dubai with me. Out of all the places to meet someone, it was the Dubai airport. We were both on Emirates, both coming back from Europe. So it was good to catch up and grab a coffee with him because he was over there doing some um, some speed running tournaments and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it was, it was really cool. Very, very uh, unique chance meeting. But uh, yeah, airports, I guess, just, I guess they just bring people together. Yeah, and, and very far away from each other too. Yeah, very far away. And uh, shout out to Jono for, for jumping in and co-hosting with, with Miss Hart for episode 317. Also wanted to say congratulations to the Peck family because uh, they welcomed the birth of their daughter about an hour or so ago, I do believe. So congratulations Aww. to Hannah and Jono and uh, welcome to planet Earth, little baby Evelyn. So uh, yeah, happy to see everyone is happy and healthy and uh that family just keeps on growing and keeps on getting cuter. So shout out to the Congrats, Pecs. Hope you all are well and uh, enjoying that uh, hospital food right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just absolutely just hit him with the hospital food. Oh, yeah. But congrats to Jono and Hannah. Yeah, very, very cute. She's she's adorable and it's happy. It's great to see that everyone is uh, yeah happy and healthy there. And uh, yeah, onwards and upwards for the Pecs. But uh, yeah, we're back here. THG 318. Let's talk about what we've been doing Miss Hart, fill me in on what you've been doing this week. Send me all the details, please, and thank you. So I've had a crazy few weeks. So I've actually, like, any time to be able to game was just precious in itself. So um, I only played Fortnite. That's right, you did. But, like, yeah, like, I, I, I for once finished a battle pass without, like, paying for, like, you know how you can pay to get, like, levels mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I, I finished it all on my own and then proceeded to almost finish the additional content as well, which is something very new for me, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the experience. I'm very excited to have played almost a season to then lead into a new, the new content and being familiar with that. Uh, the new stuff looks exciting. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking to 
looking forward to enjoying that as well. Um, I have nothing to report on the Destiny front because my week was so crazy. I actually have not dipped my toe into that. So I'm sure that's a shocker to everyone, especially me like preaching about, well, not preaching, but kind of just, you know, recommending and being happy seeing everyone else kind of joining in. So, um, but I'll hopefully have more on that maybe next week. Hopefully I can find some downtime to get to it. So, yes. But on yeah. a shocking on a shocking front, I was I've been watching anime. So yes, you thought have. That, I thought that'd make you proud. I'm very proud. I'm 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 gushing here through the microphone. So uh, you've been looking at Attack on Titan finally, hey? You yeah. bought into all the hype. Well, so I remember watching Attack on Titan probably close to when it came out. Um, thinking that the concept was pretty cool, the music was pretty awesome, and I was like, okay, this looks this this is gory, which is a tick in Ali's book. But why did I? Why did I stop watching it? Like, like what, what, what drove me away from this series? And it's because like just everyone's screaming and very emotional, and there's weird shifts in like dialogue and people's like emotions change very quickly and such. So I'm like, oh, I think this is why I stopped watching it. So um, I was thinking about just giving up on it again until I saw a review for the recent season end release, I believe, um, season yep, four yep. for Attack on Titan. And like IGN gave it a 10 out of 10. I'm like, well, shit. So I, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I <come> back. <laughs> yeah, I decided to dedicate my time, more time to it. So I finished season one and starting season two. And I think it is getting better now. Um, I think like all this kind of like weird, like establishing hurdles, um, maybe that was kind of getting in the way of finally being removed a little bit uh, and I am enjoying the series. So I'm going to, going to keep at it. Technically it's only four seasons, but there's like multiple like parts. And like the fourth season has been broken up into, it feels like it's been broken up into 65 parts. It's like the fourth season, first half, part one. And then it's just like one hour, a one hour episode. It's like, yeah, part two is going to come out another time. And then part three, maybe come out in 2024. It's like, they're really, they're really prolonging the inevitable ending of this show. But yeah, I'm, I'm like you, I've, I think I've watched the first two seasons, but like I watched it really disjointedly. So I was either sort of forgetting key plot points or not really understanding where this character sort of slots in anymore. So I'm probably mm. going to go back and start from the start again because, yeah, I I really enjoyed parts of it. But then others, like you said, I'm like, what is going on here? What is the tone? Why is everyone so angry and yelling all the time? That was what the is happening thing. on screen? So I need to go back and see what Aaron Yeager and co have been up to uh, over the last several years because, yeah, it still does get a lot of hype and, and yeah, seeing this final season getting tens, you know, you'd be silly not to pay attention to to content when it's getting scores like that. So I need to circle back and, and give uh, Attack on Titan its due. But for now, I'm not going to. But yeah. I will sometime this totally year. Totally fair. I'm totally fair. But I, I, yeah, I, I'm going to push through and I'm going to try to be a bit more actively maybe going back and watching a few animes that I either started or wanted to watch and um, maybe give them a bit more of a try. It's just I'm yeah. very impatient. Every, if this, everything everyone knows about me is I'm really, really impatient when it comes to you know, TV series and movies. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's cool though. Like Fortnite's great. Obviously, we've got the uh, the, the new the new season kicking off, which we'll talk about in the news today, mm-hmm. which I'm excited for. I dabbled. I played a few games of Fortnite last weekend when I got back, but it wasn't um, 
one, overly successful, and two, I just wasn't feeling the best. So uh, nothing really new to report there. I'm very thankful that the hammers are gone. Uh, thank you to the Fortnite gods for removing those. But, and the Deku uh, Smash. Yeah, Deku Smash is gone. It might come back again, some type of smash or some type of crazy charge-up ability. But uh, something that I did also play uh, several times over the last 24 hours, off the back of a little, little cheeky Capcom showcase that they dropped... Uh, this week, we aren't really diving on that in the news here, but um, one of the, the main sort of talking points from this uh, Capcom gaming showcase was a little bit of an update on Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is uh, during this showcase, they said the Resident Evil 4 chainsaw demo is available right now to download and to play on PC as well as PlayStation and Xbox. So I installed that and I fired that sucker up, jumped back into Leon Kennedy's shoes and it felt so good to be back in this world, Miss Hart. Like, I know yeah. you're a big Resident Evil 4 fan. It was my first Resident Evil. Yep, yep. And you always remember your first. And, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it feels great. It looks great. Like, it's had, obviously, a, a shiny new coat of paint since uh, since the first iteration of this game back in the, in the 2000s. And... It feels really good. It's still got a bit of that hammy dialogue that you that you love and roll your eyes for regarding uh, Resident Evil in general. But it start the game starts probably let's say twenty minutes into I guess where Resident Evil Four would kick off. So gives you a little bit of a recap, breaks down, uh, gives you sort of the flashback as far as who Leon Kennedy is, what happens with the the Raccoon City incident from Resident Evil Two. And then you get thrown into into Leon's arrival in this remote European settlement. And then from there, uh, the cool thing, there's no time limit on the demo. Like some of these demos oh. they've released, you only get to play for 30 minutes or whatever else, and, mm-hmm. and that's it. So you can roam around here as long as you like. There is sort of an, a, a trigger endpoint in the demo itself that will just, you know, um, end, give you a give you a little cutscene, and then that's it. Yeah. But you can, you can keep playing this demo as many times as you wish, and the cool thing with that, um, I played it a few times because what happens um, that just randomly rolls up on your playthrough sometimes, if you start the demo, uh, what happens, you'll get a notification that sort of you've got this like super difficulty mode, which they're calling mad chainsaw mode, which might randomly trigger on your demo, which means the enemies are more powerful. And you know, the chainsaw villager, which is synonymous yeah. with Resident Evil 4, the old uh, sackhead guy chasing mm-hmm. you with his chainsaw. He comes in, but his chainsaw is now on fire. So it's a flaming chainsaw and you're getting chased by this dude around the village uh, with this higher difficulty, which scares you even more. Like I was I was on tilt when I got this uh, mad chainsaw mode thing pop because holy shit, it was already intense just on the standard difficulty because it leans into the, the RE tropes. Ammo is scarce, enemies are plentiful, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So you're running around this village getting chased by all these guys that are infected by the, the last plug us and all that nonsense. But um, it's really fun. It looks great. It plays great. Seeing the old uh, chainsaw villager come back is awesome. Anytime you get chased by, by any type of enemy with a chainsaw in any, any medium, it's great. And when it's on fire, even better. I think Resident Evil, like, although it still kind of is justified as a jump scare, but Resident Evil 4 with the chainsaw sackhead guy, he mm-hmm. always just kind of like busted in and like really like like raised the stakes and like mm-hmm. and your heart rate essentially. Like I always remember being absolutely fearful because like 
I like I, we watch a lot of horror. We watch a lot of like messed up stuff. So like the idea of a person with a sack on his head and a chainsaw isn't necessarily terrifying. But I guess the way that they always introduced him into scenes and the anxiety levels made him like terrifying. And that was the that was one lasting impression that uh, Resident Evil Four had on me. Because for the most yeah. part, I don't find them like scary, scary. Like, but like those kind of interactions, yeah, definitely kind of. <gasps> Get me anxiety. Like I, I'd strongly suggest downloading the demo. Like the game comes out in about two weeks' time, give or take, at time of recording at the moment. So we'll get the full fledged experience soon. But if you want to get a little taste, a little teaser, a little taste. lead leading up to that full release, yeah, download the demo. I think it was about ten gig, give or take. Don't quote me, but um, yeah, it's 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 great that the that you can replay this as many times as you like. It's cool that there is just this random, uh, you know difficulty multiplier that might randomly pop on one of your demo playthroughs which mm-hmm. uh, gets the heart racing you get to experience that european village you get to deal with these crazy infected villagers you get to jump back into leon's shoes and he's and he's rocking this that sweet jacket and that uh you know that sassy sassy snarkiness that he's got about him you know there's there's Women. some great zingers that he throws around in this uh, demo and the gunplay feels good and I'm very, very excited to play the game in full later this month because it feels like Capcom are going to probably have another little home run here as far as their remakes with with two Nemesis. Nemesis was good but not great, but it feels like Resident Evil 4 could be in that RE2 discussion where it's really, really great and one of the best games of the year. Fingers crossed because, um, yeah, I'm, I'm vibing it. It's super creepy looks good plays good feels good all of that stuff so uh you download the demo because yeah. it's free and uh it's great and scary i'll have to check it out hell yeah uh apart from that you yeah, haven't really done much at all just tried to survive attempted to watch things but uh with with covid yeah i just fall asleep all the time so yeah i half watched so many things uh so many things that i half enjoyed and then had to go rewatch and things like that but um quick bit of housekeeping Obviously, ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit if you wanted to support us monetarily for the low, low price starting at $1 per month. Get your exclusive access to perks, content, and giveaways that you cannot find anywhere else. If you want to get some merchandise, shop 8bit.net for all things 8-bit. We're talking tees, hats, hoodies, socks, jocks, everything else in between. Videogamesandculture.com is the place for all things 8-bit, so head on over to the website there. Be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the 8-bit rotation. Uh, We've got, uh, obviously, episodes of More Than Hentai dropping on the reg, as well as other content coming from our other slew of podcasts. Be sure to join our Discord with direct links in the show notes of this podcast. But, Miss Hart, let's jump into the news. This week's news headlines. Presented by Audio-Technica. All right, first little quick hitter. Oh, boy. (laughs) <laughs> Warner Brothers has reportedly delayed Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League again. According to Bloomberg, developers Rocksteady needs more time to iron out bugs and polish some aspects of the title, but the core gameplay won't be affected to a meaningful degree, a source said. It's unclear when the game's new release window might be, 
but Suicide Squad was originally due to launch on May 26 and should still release this year, according to Bloomberg. Warner Brothers hadn't yet confirmed the delay at the time of writing, but GamesIndustry.biz also reached out to the publisher for comment, and they have not said anything either. So it is very, uh, very quiet out there at Rocksteady regarding Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. The game was initially scheduled for a 2022 release, but obviously was delayed until the middle of this year, mm-hmm. and now it's delayed until who knows. So... Uh, This game is getting uh, bumpier and bumpier as far as the lead up to its question mark release date. But, oh boy, the wind is very much out of the sails of this game that when it was announced, I think collectively, you know, we were pretty hype. But uh, that hype is just like wah, 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 wah. Yeah, it's, it's, it must be really scary as like being part of the team developing, developing this game, having like just, the reception that it's been having, obviously, I've been adding on to it. Like I've kind of said, that it doesn't look like it doesn't look good to me. It's not really that appealing. And then, obviously, um, especially being on the like tail end of games as a service, the the narrative that like games of service games are not succeeding and they're floundering. And then we had like we had a mass amount of games that just got cancelled recently. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, uh, it's it's. I don't think any of these changes that they're going to be incorporating for the delay is going to make the game any better or change people's minds. Like, it's not like they can pick up the game and change it completely. So mm-hmm. I just figure maybe they don't think that the changes that they're going to implement with the delay is going to necessarily change people's minds. It's it's a bit scary. Like, like Rocksteady, obviously, are the purveyors of some of the best superhero-based games in history like the the arkham series they did with batman is very special and the hype behind suicide squad kill the justice league was very high when it was first announced but with more and more trickling through about the game being live and needs to be always on and etc as far as always on connected to the internet i'm starting to get uh marvel's the avengers flashbacks with this game like will this game or even like an anthem will this game like crash and burn and servers be off within 12 months like what's going to happen with this game when it eventually comes out like hopefully we want to give rock city the benefit of the doubt and when this game comes out because they've delayed it allegedly a little further it's going to come out and be super polished and awesome to play and really in depth and immersive and etc etc but it just doesn't feel that way it feels like this game is is on a bad path and i'm scared for it because yeah rocksteady make good content the characters in this game have a chance to be really great and really memorable but the more we look behind the curtain i think the less the gaming industry is enthused about this title and this delay further sort of puts a pin in that balloon so we'll see when the the inevitable acknowledgement from Warner Brothers regarding the delay comes out as to why and when, but mm. yeah, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Like, uh, you know, last episode you guys did Suicide Squad kill the hype. The hype is even more dead now. Like it is oh, yeah. six feet under. So uh, we'll see. We'll have to see. Much more positive news though. The PlayStation 5 was the best-selling console in its home market of Japan last month, which is the first time Sony's current console has outsold the previously dominating Nintendo Switch in that market. 
Famitsu, translated by Google and spotted by VGC, released sales data for Japanese games retail from January 30th through to February 26th, which shows the PS5 sold 367,000 units through the four-week period. By comparison, the Switch, which has been the top-selling device in Japan every month for the last few years, sold 221,000 units in February, encompassing the standard light and OLED models. So uh, Sony continuing to be a powerhouse. And it's nice to see that the PlayStation 5 has finally ascended to the top of the mountain, at least for one month there in its life cycle. But uh, yes, Sony cannot be stopped. They uh, are also still uh, carrying on back and forth unrelated regarding the Activision Blizzard Xbox merger. I was reading sort of notes and transcriptions on that before I went to bed. And my God, it is is a mess. Just, Just let it go through, Sony, please. But anyway, shout out to Sony. Top of the pops in Japan, 367,000 PS5 sold into Japan in that January through February month. Like that's that's a hell of a lot of PS5s out. Yeah, and I like I honestly thought that the PlayStation console was always the top selling console in Japan. I felt like a lot of the time that especially in the comparative numbers, I believe, when they would mm-hmm. sometimes uh, check the numbers between Xbox consoles and PlayStation consoles and popularity, the numbers are really skewed, as in popularity in Japan, as PlayStation is pretty predominant over there. I'm, I, I feel like those are the numbers that I usually see, but I didn't realize that the Nintendo Switch was the the console of choice. And I, I am one to say that I feel like the Nintendo Switch really needs to up their game uh, graphically wise because you can't if, if they stick to the Nintendo stylizing that they do with like Kirby games and Mario mm-hmm. games where it's like that really cartoony like polish plastic polish kind of st- style that they do it seems that they can get away with a game looking good. But then the second that we kind of go for realism or anything with a little bit more depth, that's when we start to see the Nintendo Switch flounder. So to see that the Nintendo Switch is still the most successful console, well, was the most successful console in Japan, and and it held on to it, like it's it's just interesting to me. Yeah, and especially like um, like a, yeah, it's not an apples for apples comparison. Like you look at the mm. power from a an Xbox or a, a PlayStation in comparison to the Switch, it's you know night and day. Like you said, like the they've got their niche and they nail that niche and that aesthetic. But when you want something that's graphically high fidelity and you know in excess of sixty frames or four K or, or even you know um, you know two K, it's like yeah, that's uh you know that's a little beyond the old switcheroo at the moment. Like they need to bring out something with a little bit more grunt if they want to compete head on with the big triple A's that that Sony and um, Xbox are bringing out. But yeah, they're just they're just that comfort food. The old Switch, they're at a price point which is at a fraction of the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X, and they've got a ton of games in that ecosystem, and they've got a few uh, Switch models, which makes the barrier to entry a little bit more accessible a little bit more viable and yeah they're they're the kings of japan you know uh, japan are very proud of their nintendo brethren but yeah sony sony picks up the w for the first time in in the last couple of years for the playstation 5 let's see if this maybe continues for the rest of the year we'll sort of keep our eyes out and see if this is going to be a running trend or maybe if this was an outlier for that january through february uh sales data but um yeah it's interesting it's interesting obviously xbox has 
next to zero market penetration over there in comparison to the two uh, native Japanese brands. But um, yeah, Sony and Nintendo going head to head here for the first time directly from a sales uh, out data figure. But uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to see. It's good to see. And it's also good to see it from just a accessibility standpoint for consumers. It's showing that uh, components are becoming more readily available because more consoles are out in the wild that can then be purchased. Like remember during peak COVID where it was months and months and months where, you know, seeing a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X in the wild, it was like, uh, you know, a golden goose. You're like, is, or is that a mirage? Like, is that a real thing? Or yeah. you'd see the pop-ups where it'd be like, Big W have... 100 consoles for sale, quick jump on now. It's like, then they're gone. gone like, so yeah. it's it's gone from that now to, to them being regularly available just, just on shelves at a JB or an EB. And these sales numbers are starting to reflect that, especially for, for Sony in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some, some other bittersweet news. Starfield will be now officially launching on September the 6th of 2023, Bethesda has announced this week. The company released a new teaser for its upcoming sci-fi RPG in which it reveals its release date on the Xbox Series X slash S. In the video, game director Todd Howard promised, in quotes, a very unique experience, righto, and announced <laughs> a Starfield Direct for June the 11th, during which the studio will present a deep dive into the title. Quickly sort of bolting onto that from broader Xbox news, Xbox has confirmed that it will not be on the E3 2023 show floor, but signaled support for E3's Digital Week by confirming that it will be co-streaming the event when it kicks off on June the 11th. So we've got a couple of big Xbox and Bethesda and Starfield-related events on June the 11th, also on the back of the news that the game's coming out on September 6th of 2023. Obviously, this was originally meant to come out on uh, November the 11th of 2022, so it's had a full or nearly full 12 month delay. We assumed it was going to be in the first half of 2023, but it's uh, been kicked into the eighth month now, which sucks, but it's fine. Like it's already March. So we've got a five month wait till this game comes out. But uh, what are you feeling about all this uh, Xbox, Bethesda, E3 related news there, Miss Hart? I mean, hearing about all these big brands pulling out of E3 or removing their show show floor presence is con- it's concerning for E3. Like, let's be serious here. When you have the big names not showing up, like, but then I, it's also how, um, like we're going to be probably overwhelmed with a lot of showcases within June when you have E3, Summer Games Fest, Microsoft doing their own thing, unless that's in conjunction with Summer Games Fest. But I, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to stay like stay on top of and get a finger on the pulse in in regards to um, uh, Starfield being pushed back. Um, I mean, Microsoft must be really scrambling and getting is um, Microsoft exclusive or these titles out and something like in people's hands because there's that's always the discussion about you know xbox exclusive sony Mm -hmm. exclusive titles and how like how many are being released in comparative to each other but i mean i haven't been desperate to play starfield so the 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 weight doesn't bother me that much that's fair like i'm yeah i'm i'm sad that i get to play it this side of june but like you said where we're always talking about the the lack of exclusives on Xbox and it always feels like, you know, this is going to be the year. Here they this come. Get ready. And then they get delayed and then they get delayed again. So Xbox 
maybe need to be a little less ambitious with some of their uh, release dates or their release schedules that they preliminarily announce when games uh, debut. But we've got Redfall, uh, Redfall coming out in May. So there's an exclusive, which is great. We've got, you know, new Forza back end of this year in Starfield. So we've still got three games that are worth the hype, but yeah, it is still a little lacking. I'm hoping we maybe get like a Hellblade 2 sneaking into the back yes. of this year or something to really pump the tires up of Microsoft because they, they need it at the moment. Like they're getting put through the ringer regarding this Activision Blizzard acquisition. Uh, de- games getting delayed is not uh, helping anybody either. And yeah, I'm still very excited to play Starfield and I'm excited to see more of it on june the 11th but like you said june is just a minefield of events and showcases like e3 summer game fest and then we've got all these other standalone showcases like xbox doing theirs on on june the 11th sony will no doubt do something around that week we'll see something from ea from ubisoft maybe nintendo as well like yeah that sort of first and second week of june is going to be absolutely bananas as far as new announcements and showcases popping off. So it's going to be pretty cool. Then we've got E3 with uh, a notably absent show floor with all the big players not going to be there. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, take your time, Bethesda. Just make sure Starfield, when it comes out at launch, is super polished, bug-free, and the nice science fiction space experience we all hope to have. So... Don't, don't break our hearts, Todd Howard. Do not break our hearts, please and thank you. Uh, next bit of news. Epic Games has announced the launch of new self-publishing tools for game developers and publishers to release their games on its PC digital storefront. The tools have some guidelines, such as offering PC cross-play support across all PC stores for multiplayer titles and, it, and including age ratings for regional distribution. Additionally, games that launch on other PC platforms like Steam and have support for achievements must also enable Epic Games Store achievements to standardize the player experience regardless of where the game was purchased. Epic Games offers a revenue share of 12% for game sales on their storefront with developers slash publishers keeping 88%. Developers can choose to use their own payment solution or a third-party solution to keep 100% of in-app purchase revenue. The submission fee per game is $100 similar to Steam. The Epic Games Store has over 230 million PC users and plans to continue investing in its free games program, which has seen almost 700 million free games claimed by users in 2022 alone. So Epic Games doing some good things. They're very pro-consumer in a way, or I guess pro-developer or Mm. pro-indie developer in a way where... The, the, the revenue split where they only take 12 points, where uh, Steam takes much higher. I think they're up, up above 25% as far as the split. Mm-hmm. So 88% of the money the game earns going back into the developer or publisher's pocket is awesome. Allowing these devs and pubs a little bit more autonomy to get their games onto their storefront is great with this self-publishing tool. So it's going to mean there's more games in, uh, in players' potential hands. But also only worrying thing about this on the flip side is who polices the self-publishing tool is this going to become almost like a nintendo eShop storefront where there's just shit thrown on left right and center on steam where you pay your hundred dollars and there's in air quotes games that are on there that are that are busted or controversial or just not really worth the money they're requesting for the purchase but i think as a whole for people that want to do it the right way this is a good thing 
Yeah, I mean, it's always good to for the yeah, ever-growing uh, game devs out there, aspiring game devs who are out there trying to get their game um, on platforms. And while there is Itch.io, um, I, I feel like the only other place that they can kind of get these games published is Steam. So having maybe a competitor on that front um, to make uh, best have the opportunity to get your more eyes on your game. I don't necessarily think anyone that just uses the Epic Game Store isn't using Steam, but I just I'm wondering because the Steam catalog is quite bloated. Maybe by putting it on Epic, especially this early on, maybe you have a greater opportunity to uh, get the eyes of more players and such. But um, Epic does do the free game, like two free games, I think it is a month. Um, and some of them have been pretty good and pretty decent. And I do um, see a lot of indie titles on there as well. So it's always a great opportunity to kind of um, great opportunity to get people to play your game and then have Epic obviously cover cover whatever's involved in that to making sure that you get some kind of um, cost coverage on that. So, but yeah. Uh, more platforms is good and then obviously a fairer share is always great so in in, in the ever-growing world of game development and indie devs I, I, options always good yeah it's it's a win for devs like at the end of the day yeah you want to get your game in as many potential players hands as possible so if it costs you two hundred dollars to submit collectively to steam and epic to have your game potentially in you know let's say half a billion pc users hands collectively uh that's awesome the fact that it's only a hundred dollars to submit i think is is great uh yeah the the revenue split as i mentioned 88 percent for for devs and pubs on epic and i was just reading because there was some changes on the steam split so it's still 70 30 so 70 to the dev and 30 present to valve but then it escalates where if your game pops off successful yeah and it becomes more successful valve will then only take uh 25 cut on earnings over and above 10 million and 20 percent of earnings over or above 50 million so if your game becomes a global hit you're only going to be uh paying valve 20 percent where irrespective of what's happening on Epic, they're only going to be taking 12% slice irrespective of whether your game has made $50 million or $50. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. But, um, yeah, shout out to Epic for doing something like this. Self-publishing tools will allow these devs and pubs to work more autonomously and get these things out quicker into more people's hands and hopefully uh, have more sort of sleeper success hits of uh, indie titles that just see it. You know, they come out of left field every year and... You know, this could allow more games like Vampire Survivors just to pop off because it's everywhere at a fraction of a price to get it there and more money back into the developer's pockets. So, uh, yeah, nice work, Epic, on that one. And the last bit of news, we sort of briefly touched on it uh, at the at the sort of drop of the show here. Fortnite Chapter 4 Season 2 has officially landed, bringing with it a heavy dose of Asian-inspired architecture from both the past and the future. The game's island map has been radically changed via areas themed around ancient temples, as well as a huge neon city location. It's here, in this latter area, you'll be able to hop on grind rails to get about and shoot while on the move. It's the season's biggest new gameplay mechanic. But there's plenty more in store, not least a floating island location which will rift into the sky mid-match. New vehicles include the rather Akira-inspired Victory Crown Rogue motorbike and the neon-wheeled Nitro Drifter car. Fresh weapons include the Kinetic Blade weapon with its built-in dash attack and the overclocked pulse rifle you'll loot from that mysterious rifting sky island. 
Fresh augments to switch up gameplay include the dumpster diving mod to find loot from dumpster hiding places and the treasure hunter tool to mark chests when you enter a major location. If you indulge in Fortnite's Battle Pass, you'll get eight, pla- uh, eight characters to play as, including this season's standout edition, the lizard man named Thunder. There's also Stray, which is a new take on Fortnite's ever-popular Drift, and Eren Jaeger from anime series Attack on Titan. Mm. The addition of so many new bits and pieces comes at a cost, however. A sizable amount of previously available items, guns, and gameplay mechanics have been put in the Fortnite vault to make way. This includes rideable animals such as boars and wolves, other wildlife such as crows and frogs, but somehow the chicken seems to have survived, and numerous augments such as the ability to float aloft from balloons. So on the balloon thing, I hated, hated, hate hated balloons. that augment. Yeah, Sucked. Used Party it a few time times mistakenly. Cool. Ugh, go away. <laughs> but Chapter 4, Season 2, it looks pretty heckin' good. Yeah, the big city centre area with the railings, like um, it's very uh, Sunset Overdrive. Um, very, very good nod to that. I have mm-hmm. like kind of had to have multiple windows open today because of obviously the new Fortnite content. So I just wanted to become familiar with that. And then there was the Destiny, the infamous Destiny World First raid that was on today as well. Um, so I had double windows going on, and the new content in Fortnite that looks cool, looks fun. Um, I can't wait to jump in there. There's also the the katana, the the sword that they've got in there, which seems to be the replacement for the for the hammer. Um, there's like the uh, ability to kind of glide, like traverse across like pretty fast. So I'm seeing a lot of professional players take advantage of that already. Um, but it looks exciting. It's good to the, get into the content and Hey, I get to play as an attack on time character. What, what wonderful timing. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. The crossovers we're seeing, like obviously anime is huge. We talk mm-hmm. about it all the time and uh, check out more than hentai if you haven't already. But um yeah, Attack on Titan, obviously, it's going through its final season now. So seeing Aaron Yeager uh, make his appearance here is not surprising. One that is surprising, we didn't mention in the news here, but the One Punch Man collab with Overwatch 2 at the moment going on. Did you see that? Yeah, I did, but I don't. I didn't really watch One Punch Man. So I looked at all the skins. I'm like, I have no clue, no, no idea who these people are and the reference yeah it's it's like it's a great anime it's a great manga and yeah doomfist is uh playing the role of one punch man in that collab but so bizarre to see one punch man of all things collabing with overwatch like i'm not too familiar with uh if there's been any other anime collaborations with overwatch in the past maybe there has and i just haven't haven't sort of paid attention to them but i thought It was like, hmm, because like you think a One Punch Man skin would be perfect for something like Fortnite, but maybe their anime stocks are full. What isn't perfect for Fortnite at this stage? Exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to play uh, Chapter 4 Season 2 over the weekend because it looked awesome. Anytime we get a bit of that, uh, you know, futuristic Japanese neon cyber city combining with those rails, like you mentioned, it is very much a Sunset Overdrive uh, nod slash touch point for me so i'm excited to to jump on in there and try and slice some dudes up with that kinetic blade because it looks nasty it is nasty yeah so that brings us to the end of the news but fear not listeners we've got some more content coming your way tweet of the week and this tweet comes by way of at super mario movie and the tweet reads we translated every on-screen pixel into a real life stitch and brought mario's boots to life as a single one-of-one prototype pair 
durable leather, slip-resistant treads, and mushroom-based mycelium heel pads provide Mario a welcome power-up to take on Bowser. Hashtag Super Mario Movie. And these boots, they don't look half bad. Like, would I buy them for myself? <laughs> yeah, like, my foot's not that shape. Well, no, I think I, well, I actually can't, you know, cancel out most people, but I don't think anyone's <laughs> feet are that shame. But the whole idea is that they're Mario's boots, right? They're Mario's yeah. shoes. And he, his initial job is a plumber. And then he then goes on to ad- adventuring multiple terrains. And what I'm saying is, is these look like dress shoes. Mm. These do they're not practical. look, they, they do not look comfortable at all. So that was like the first thing I'm noticing. I'm like, these are looking a little too fancy for what Mario gets up to. They, they remind me like if, if a pair of clogs were made of leather, that's what these would look like. They look like leather clogs, but for Actually, Mario yeah. with his yeah. round, short-shaped feet. But uh, yeah, they, they don't look like they'd be good to not only uh, yeah, block a, like unblock a pipe, but also jump on some mushrooms or, or race around in a cart. These aren't the shoes you want to be wearing. No, no, you definitely don't want to crush a Goomba under that. But like thinking about there was the they uh, was it was it Puma that did the the, the Sonic? No, there was a Sonic oh, Sonic yeah. shoe. Yep. And at least like the when they copied that, like there was some practice, like it was practical. They and they were also like a running shoe as well. And it's like we're looking at this, I'm like, I hope they don't try and sell these. Yeah, they these I think there'd be some rolled ankles and some, oh, 100%. some blisters blisters and uh, ingrown toenails for anyone trying to wear these Mario Bros shoes but uh, yeah shout out to the the marketing machine behind this movie because oh it's gone from this movie is the worst in the world to this is going to be a good time and the more we see from a trailer perspective uh, when we got all the cast on one of the late night talk shows with um, what's her name what's the Kelly. American Kelly Clarkson yeah, yeah and, and Jack Black rolling in in the Bowser suit fully committed to the bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more I see of that type of insanity, the more I'm excited to watch this movie come the start of April because it looks like it's going to be fun. Will I wear these shoes to the movie? No way. But uh, I appreciate uh, Nintendo and the people involved with the Super Mario Bros. movie to, uh, I guess, step outside the box from a marketing uh, perspective and make some boots. I see what you did there. Yep. No, 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 no. All Why? right, so... Yeah, we talked about some games coming out or getting delayed uh, in the short and medium terms here, but don't worry, we got you covered as far as things coming out in the next little week. New releases and events. As far as podcast dropping, obviously you're listening to episode 318 of THG, but also this week we've got a new episode of More Than Hentai, an anime appreciation podcast where myself and everyone's favorite Dane Peavy joins me to talk about love after world domination, one of my favorite new animes mm. of 2022. So listen on as we deep dive in episode one of that. Just search for More Than Hentai on all your podcast players. As far as new things coming to the small screen, we've got Deliciousness Season 3, Ted Lasso Season 3 coming out, Gotham Knight Season 1, and Shadow on Bone Season 2 all making their way to various streaming platforms. I cannot wait to see what's going on in Ted Lasso. I didn't finish Season (gasps) 2. Yeah, I got bored with it. (gasps) Yeah, I know. I know. Everyone's everyone's favorite uh, soccer coach or football coach, depending where you are. Like, I got pretty bored with Ted Lasso, so... Yeah, it just didn't bother keep watching it. It's like, you can only feel so good. Oh, that just sounds like a cold-hearted person. Yeah. 
Yeah, we need to talk about this offline. We need to uh, we need to change that perspective because that that breaks my heart a little bit. And you can you can always feel so good. Let, I don't know. let the good times roll, Ted Lasso. I don't know. I am watching Attack on Titan. That's true. <laughs> it is so bleak and uh, so much yelling. So much yelling. So much screaming. Yeah, but um, if you don't want to check out things on the small screen, you want to instead go to the cinemas. Shazam! Fury of the Gods is uh, making its way to the cinemas this week across most of the globe. Uh, It's still very curious to see how that fits into the broader DC Universe Grand Vision moving forward. But yeah, yeah, Shazam! Fury of the Gods is here. As far as games coming out this upcoming week, we've got The Legend of Heroes, Trails to Azure, The Wreck, Walson, Lords of Mayhem, Anno 1800, The Dark Pictures, Switchback VR, so that's makes its way to PlayStation uh, PSVR 2, and Bayonetta Origins, Cereza uh, and the Lost Demon, which was that uh, little Nintendo Switch spin-off, all coming out this week. And the last one here, if you want to jump into the ring, get a bit sweaty, a bit oiled up, and drop some fat elbow drops from the top rope, WWE 2K23 making its way to all of the platforms. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good week, but it's like a lot of stuff, new stuff coming out, so... You got that, you got Fortnite, you got Destiny if you're so inclined. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, got a plenty to do. And then the week after that, Resident Evil 4. But uh, get oh, that yes. demo downloaded oh, the and demo, play yeah. that leading up to that. Yes. But Miss Hart, that brings mm-hmm. us to the end of THG 318. Anything else you wanted to mention or shout out before we close the studio down for another week? Yeah, I was going to say if like if Attack on Titan's giving me grief, I don't know if anyone has any recommendations that are in the same vein. If it's gruesome, if it's messed up, let me know. Mm, I got a few, and then I think we'll use one of those to get you on more than hentai to talk about it to see oh, if the yes. recommendation is accurate. So I'll have my people talk to your people, and we'll uh, see what we can do. We'll connect, yeah. That's it. That's it. But listeners, thanks as always for stopping on by. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular. Those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. They take no time, cost no money and mean the world to podcasters like ourselves. But I guess that's it for another week. It's been great to be back and uh, Miss Hart will do it all again next time. But until till then, Ape Nation, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.